0: Preface of the Journals of Robert Falcon Scott, Volume One, by Robert Falcon Scott. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Steve Goff. The Journals of Robert Falcon Scott, Volume One. Preface and Members of the Expedition Party. Fourteen years ago, Robert Falcon Scott was a rising naval officer, able, accomplished, popular, highly thought of by his superiors, and devoted to his noble profession. It was a serious responsibility to induce him to take up the work of an explorer, yet no man living could be found who was so well fitted to command a great Antarctic expedition. The undertaking was new and unprecedented. The object was to explore the unknown Antarctic continent by land. Captain Scott entered upon the enterprise with enthusiasm, tempered by prudence and sound sense. All had to be learned by a thorough study of the history of Arctic travelling, combined with experience of different conditions in the Antarctic regions. Scott was the initiator and founder of Antarctic Sledge Travelling his discoveries were of great importance the survey and soundings along the barrier cliffs the discovery of king edward land the discovery of ross island and the other volcanic islets the examination of the barrier surface the discovery of the victoria mountains a range of great height and many hundreds of miles in length which had only before been seen from a distance out at sea and, above all, the discovery of the great ice-cap on which the South Pole is situated, by one of the most remarkable polar journeys on record. His small but excellent scientific staff worked hard and with trained intelligence, their results being recorded in twelve large quarter volumes. The great discoverer had no intention of losing touch with his beloved profession, though resolved to complete his Antarctic work. The exigencies of the naval service called him to the command of battleships, and to confidential work of the Admiralty, so that five years elapsed before he could resume his Antarctic labours. The object of Captain Scott's second expedition was mainly scientific, to complete and extend his former work in all branches of science. It was his ambition that in his ship there should be the most completely equipped expedition for scientific purposes connected with the polar regions, both as regards men and material, that ever left these shores. In this he succeeded. He had on board a fuller complement of geologists, one of them especially trained for the study of physiography, biologists, physicists, and surveyors than ever before composed the staff of a polar expedition. Thus, Captain Scott's objects were strictly scientific, including the completion and extension of his former discoveries. The results will be explained in the second volume of this work. They will be found to be extensive and important. Never before in the polar regions have meteorological, magnetic and tidal observations been taken, in one locality, during five years. It was also part of Captain Scott's plan to reach the South Pole, by a long and most arduous journey, but here again his intention was, if possible, to achieve scientific results on the way, especially hoping to discover fossils which would throw light on the former history of the great range of mountains which he had made known to science. The principal aim of this great man, for he rightly has his niche among the polar Dei Majoris, was the advancement of knowledge. From all aspects Scott was among the most remarkable men of our time and the vast number of readers of his journal will be deeply impressed with the beauty of his character. The chief traits which shone forth through his life were conspicuous in the hour of death. There are few events in history to be compared for grandeur and pathos with the last closing scene in that silent wilderness of snow. The great leader, with the bodies of his dearest friends beside him, wrote and wrote until the pencil dropped from his dying grasp, There was no thought of himself, only the earnest desire to give comfort and consolation to others in their sorrow. His very last lines were written, lest he who induced him to enter upon Antarctic work should now feel regret for what he had done. If I cannot write to Sir Clements, tell him I thought much of him, and never regretted his putting me in command of the discovery. Clements R. Markham, September 1913. Members of the Expedition Party British Antarctic Expedition, 1910 Shore Parties, Officers, Name and Rank, etc. Robert Falcon Scott, Captain, R.N., C.V.O. Edward R.G.R. R. Evans, Commander, R.N. Victor L.A. Campbell, Lieutenant, R.N., Emergency List Henry R. Bowers, Lieutenant, R.N., Lawrence E.G. Oates, Captain, Sixth Inniskilling Dragoons. G. Murray Levick, Surgeon, RN. Edward L. Atkinson, Surgeon, RN, Parasitologist. Scientific Staff Edward Adrian Wilson, MA, MB, Chief of the Scientific Staff and Zoologist. George C. Simpson, DSC, Meteorologist. T. Griffith-Taylor, B.A. B.S.C. B.E. Geologist Edward W. Nelson, Biologist Frank Debenham, B.A. B.S.C. Geologist Charles S. Wright, B.A. Physicist Raymond E. Priestley, Geologist Herbert G. Ponting, F.R.G.S. Camera Artist Cecil H. Mears, In Charge of Dogs Bernard C. Day, Motor Engineer. Apsley Cherry Garrard, BA, Assistant Zoologist. Trivge Gran, Sub-Lieutenant, Norwegian NR, Ski Expert. Men. W. Lashley, Chief Stoker. W. W. Archer, Chief Steward. Thomas Clisseld, Cook, Late RN. Edgar Evans, Petty Officer, RN. Robert Ford, Petty Officer, RN Thomas Crean, Petty Officer, RN Thomas S. Williamson, Petty Officer, RN Patrick Keon, Petty Officer, RN George P. Abbott, Petty Officer, RN Frank V. Browning, Petty Officer, Second Class, RN Harry Dickerson, Able Seaman, RN F. J. Hooper, Steward, Late RN Anton Omolchenko, Groom Dmitri Gerov, Dog Driver Ships Party, Officers, etc. Harry L. L. Pennell, Lt. R. N. Henry E. de P. Rennick, Lt. R. N. Wilfred M. Bruce, Lt. R. N. R. Francis R. H. Drake, Assistant Paymaster, R. N. Retired Secretary and Meteorologist in Ship Dennis G. Lilly, M.A., biologist in ship. James R. Denniston, in charge of mules in ship. Alfred B. Cheatham, R.N.R., boatswain. William Williams, O.N., Chief Engine Room Artificer, R.N., Engineer. William A. Horton, O.N., Engine Room Artificer, Third Class, R.N., Second Engineer. Francis E.C. Davis, O.N., Shipwright, R.N. Carpenter Frederick Parsons, Petty Officer, R.N. William L. Heald, late P.O., R.N. Arthur S. Bailey, Petty Officer, Second Class, R.N. Albert Bolson, Leading Seaman, R.N. Joseph Leese, O.N., Able Seaman, R.N. John Hugh Mather, O.N., Petty Officer, R.N.V.R. Robert Oliphant, Able Seaman Thomas F. MacLean, Able Seaman Mortimer McCarthy, Able Seaman William Knowles, Able Seaman Charles Williams, Able Seaman James Skelton, Able Seaman William MacDonald, Able Seaman James Patton, Able Seaman Robert Brissenden, Leading Stoker, R.N. Edward A. McKenzie, Leading Stoker, R.N. William Burton, Leading Stoker, R.N. Bernard J. Stone, Leading Stoker, R.N. Angus MacDonald, Fireman. Thomas McGillan, Fireman. Charles Lammas, Fireman. W. H. Neal, Steward. End of Preface